And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is Wednesday, hump day, and the only thing better than hump day as far as knowing that you're on the other side getting close to the weekend is the fact that this second edition of Weighing In has come out for the week. We are here to talk about everything in the world of combat sports, mostly MMA because God knows that's what we love most. What's up, Josh Thompson? What's up, buddy, man? We got the return of T-Day Gillishaw fighting and coming up this weekend. We've got a huge fight next week with Patricio versus AJ McKee, which we'll just skim over real quick probably, and then we'll move on to uh, some other stuff. But, man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped, man. I I'm really amped to see... TJ Dillashaw get back in the cage. I want to see if he is what he was before, and I want to see if he is what he says he's going to be this time around. There's a lot to, to talk about him and mow over for him. Well, you got you to gotta look and say, two years is a long time, man. It changes. And this is where you, you look at the suspension and people talk about, oh, he shouldn't, you know, that wasn't enough. It's like, dude, that's two years off his career. Are you kidding me? You don't think that's yeah. enough? You look at, I, look at he he did the crime and he did the time and that's just I mean, you can't ask for anything more two years is a lot i'm interested to see how he comes back look at tj is always a guy that prepares well but Corey sanhagen is on a run right now he is not going to give in to anybody and so he's got his hands full if he gets a win against Corey sanhagen that is a huge statement on where tj dillashaw is in, in his comeback yeah, look, Corey Sanhagen is somebody who is he's on a roll, like you said. He's had some great finishes and some great knockouts. Um, he's been he's been looking amazing, and honestly, I think this is kind of a shitty situation for him to be in. You know, I mean, he's coming off of a great knockout. He's had great performances leading up to that knockout, and he should have been next in line for a title shot. I mean, realist, let's just be honest. And the fact that TJ was able to slide in here and and jump right into this conversation kind of sucks for Corey Sanhagen. Nah, you really but think so? In me saying that, I I think it does. But he's fight but he's fighting the guy TJ who wasn't a- beat for the title. He had to relinquish the title. So he's fighting the guy that was the champ. No, I understand that, but I want to avoid how much I talk about his his use of PEDs. I just want to simply say that we don't know if he was on them when he won the title. We don't know what he was Doesn't doing during now. that duration. Regardless, yeah, exactly. But my point is, is that a lot of people are going to look at him as not being a valid okay. champion. And so, in your argument, is like your conversation or what you just said was he was the former champion. Yeah, but a lot of people are going to say, yeah, was he really though? That's yeah, he the won the title. So, uh, and, and, like, you he need he, people can say what they want about PEDs, and I'm not saying that I think that it's right that someone is doing that. I'm not not saying that I thought it's right that TJ Dillashaw what he was doing he got caught when someone gets caught and they they receive a punishment once they've served that punishment you've got to go done he was the champ no i i understand that i do and look the skills the the peds don't help your skills no. but a lot of what he does in there is based off of his output yeah. his style specifically is based Josh, off the you're output. absolutely right and, and i understand that and that, he, and that, what he was yep. using was directly related to output, conditioning, cardio, muscle endurance. This is what cyclists use to make sure that they can go the distance at Tour de France. And so when th- that conversation to be had, 
that's how he was able to break a lot of people was because he could have that pace for so long. Don't get me wrong. There's no doubt. He's such a fucking talented fighter. His output, his style, the way he switches stances, mixing up his, his kickboxing and his, uh, his wrestling together. Uh, he's, he's very talented. That's not going to go away. But the endurance to get it done in rounds four and five, we're going to see. And this is going to be the moment of truth. Because Corey Sanhagen, I think, will still be there in the fourth and the fifth. It's going to come to a knockdown drag out. Um, but there's been a lot of bickering, not bickering. There's been a lot of conversation back and forth between between um, us having conversation with past people that trained with them when they trained together and what they saw what Corey did against TJ. And TJ, when I talked to him himself, said, I remember what it was like training with him, and I know that I can beat him. And I'm like, well, that was years ago. He's like, doesn't matter. He's like, he hasn't changed in terms of his style of what he's done. Sure, he's tall, long, lanky, all <laughs> those things. He's like, but I can beat him. He's like, I know I can beat him. But when I talk to other people from not just Alpha Male, but other people that have trained with Corey, Corey Sanhagen, they've said, no, no, no. It was the other way around. Corey was piecing him up. TJ was a little bit scared to take some shots. TJ was scared to get in there. TJ didn't want to mix it up as much as he normally did against other people. So we're getting, I'm getting two different sides of the story and like somewhere in the middle is the truth, but it's, but it really just comes down to this is, this is, these are the type of conversations back and forth. The, the news that you get from one side, the news you get from the other, it really makes this fight interesting, you know? And the fact that TJ has been away for so long, he's got so much to prove. Was it the PEDs that made him successful? I don't think it was, but I think it was the PEDs that helped him get to the point of being able to break guys in the third, fourth, and fifth at a pace that most fighters just couldn't keep up with, you know, and that's what that's why cyclists use EPO and other things to get their to get their muscle endurance and their cardio up to up to task for things like Tour de France, and that's realistically like, are we going to see the same Corey? or see the same TJ in the third, fourth, and fifth when most people are starting to slow down and settle into the fight? He was picking it up, but is it? That's not a skill thing. That's a okay, conditioning. Okay, so now, and, and here's, here's, here's the sad side of it. Because I've heard this, the exact same things that you've heard about when they trained and, and what was going on. And, and all of that, it's training. Yeah, it may help one guy feel like he has an advantage. But really, in the end, it's when you go under the lights, it's a different story. And so we'll see what happens. But the real problem here is if Corey... Sanhagen starts piecing him up and is pushing him in those rounds, people are going to put everything into, oh, it's see, there's the difference. TJ wasn't taking something instead of look at how good Corey Sanhagen is because it could all be just how good Corey Sanhagen is as a fighter. No, I agree with you. I do. And everyone's going to go right to that, to that simple fact. And I, here's the thing is it's not nope. true. Like skill, like I said, the skills of which TJ has and his style being the way that it is, it, it does it. If he's getting pieced up, it's because Corey's the better yep. fighter where the, where the EPO and the, and the, and the, uh, and the PEDs that were helping him was in the third and the fourth and the fifth round. And in terms of his output, cause he knew already that he wasn't going to get tired. Yeah, he he went out so there. He, knew he went that out he there can, knowing that I can push the pace. I can I can go hard in oh. certain moments. I'm gonna recover. It's an advantage. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, and like I said, in this sport, I think if anyone was to if if any if anyone was to try and cheat, 
that would be something that is very sports specific, especially if you're the champion that you that cheaters would be trying to use is EPO. Everyone talks about testosterone. Everyone talks about what all these other things. And I'm like, everything that I know of people that have done it or pe- or things that I've read up on it is that those are not effective things to use for fighters. You know, the muscle fatigue sets in, they get puffy, they get blue. You've seen, we've seen past fighters that have been on it from before. You just knew you're like, all right, watch it <laughs> like, blow up. You're turning red watch it blow up. Yeah. You're turning your arms blew up and you're turning red in the chest and the face, like everything about you. You're like, okay, that's, you, you know, so this was different. This is a different type. This is that next level of things like, you know, like I said, with cyclists, this is, this has to be monitored too, because it's very dangerous from what I understand from everything I've read on terms of EPO, blood doping, those type of things. It's very dangerous. I really got into that whole Lance Armstrong cheating situation. And when I was using growth hormone, a little bit of testosterone, keeping his levels peak, you know, and when then also were- using EPO and when what? <laughs> That's what I yeah, had as well. That's exactly what he said. No, what, no, <laughs> When I was watching, no, no when I was saying, wa- when I was okay. watching his, I know, I know what oh. you're talking. But you said when you were, which means you were using when testosterone. I was, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. If you if you looked at me, I looked the same throughout my whole uh, career. I was I always had a little bit of chub on the side. You had no. I was, chub I was always on the leaning side. the stuff. I had you the little lied. love handles. Jesus I had those little Christ. like your I idea did. of a love handle. Um, yeah, I know it's true. No, but when I was watching his the the Lance Armstrong uh, documentaries that he's done. And they were absolutely amazing. Just the breakdowns he was giving you on what he was doing, how he was doing it. And it was just insane yeah. to, to think of all the testing he got tested for, too. And still, they were like, oh, your, your levels are right on track or right above. Like He had scientists that were coming in. And to think that someone like TJ, right? Someone like TJ is just doing it. I don't know if he's doing it himself or he had someone monitoring had it. But monitoring, monitor, he had to have, right? I mean, it's just. Everything I've heard about EPO and other is extremely dangerous, like blood doping, like potentially give you a heart attack. You're messing with the viscosity and the thickness of your blood. It could cause you a big problem. So it's it's something if you're going to do it, you're probably going to have someone monitoring what you're doing. So you would think you would think. But I've known a lot of stupid fighters that that don't monitor anything. They just do this. Here, I'll take that. Let's just try it on myself. Yeah, let me just try it on myself. That's insane. Um, but look, overall, I think skill wise, the fight's going to come down to who has the best skills and who can implement their game plan. Um, Sanhagen's going to just kind of, I think he's going to stay kind of on the outside because I think he, he's going to be a little concerned about the takedown, you know, and TJ on top is yeah. a dog. He's got, he's got a good ground up pound. He's heavy on top. He knows how to ride you. If you go to all fours, he can sit you to your hip. He does great ground up pound from the side control position. I mean, he's good. There's not really a whole lot of submission threat by Corey by Sanhagen. So if he if he can get to the top position, he'll have success. But for every takedown he misses, that's a notch off of his belt in terms of conditioning. He's going to start to get tired. He's going to start to fatigue. You know, and that also too starts probably mind fucking him a little bit. Like, hey man, when I left, I was able to take everyone down. Now if I don't get a takedown or two, there's a lot of things going through TJ Dillashaw's mind this fight. He feels like, "Oh, every time he gets hit, man, I don't recall it being like this. I don't recall, you know, because it was him doing all the output." And so we're going to see if we're going to have the same TJ back, I think, probably within the first round and a half. Yeah, I would, I would say you're about right. But I do think you're going to get a very good TJ Dillashaw out there. I He's think you a, are, and too. I, exactly what you're saying. You know, TJ, for the most part, you know, turned into a striker in this sport coming from a wrestling background. 
I think you're going to see him going back to his roots in this fight. I think you're going to see him actually working at times for takedowns and trying to utilize his hands to get inside to take Corey down and to take Corey out of his game. Now, Corey's got a good ground game, though, but he's going to have a hard time in getting TJ off him. He's going to have to utilize the fence a lot, and he's going to have to do a lot of good, good hard work, which is going to tire him out. But this is as good a matchup as you're going to find that's not a championship fight. Yeah, I would agree. But like, if I was if I was Corey though, like I was saying earlier, was that he's got to be thinking, man, I should have been getting a title shot next. Uh, you know, I mean, he, you know, I I don't I don't go would, with I, that. I'm being honest, and I'm and I'm saying it this way: Look, Corey is two fights off of a loss. Okay, he got beat by Aljo. He got stopped in the first round by Aljo. All right, now. Great performance by Aljo, not a great performance by Corey. He then came back and had a great performance against Marlon Marais and then had a great performance quickly against Frankie Edgar. So this is the type of fight that puts him there. He's, he's got a record of 14-2. and two. You know, he hasn't been in the sport that long, really, you know, to sit there and say, oh, I deserved. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in that Bantamweight division that are awfully good, and he's one of them. And I think if he gets this win against TJ... I do think he deserves. That's three wins off of the loss. Makes sense to me, and it's all big names. Marlon Marais, Frankie Edgar. It would be TJ Dillashaw if he gets the win. So now you have the argument. I deserve that title shot. How does TJ get it done? I think TJ gets it done by being a smart fighter in that he uses a lot of inside and outside movement. He, he likes to bounce around, and he comes in with his volume shots he doesn't try to put a ton of power on you sometimes he does he'll you see when he cracks down but he tries to just put clean shots on you i think his his game plan in this is he's going to do that same thing but as he's throwing shots and he sees the hands of Corey sanhagen coming up to do something you're going to see him transition shift down change levels get into his legs and start to Go for the takedown, and once he gets the takedown, I don't, his, his thing is not to, you know, not to submit Corey Sanhagen, but it is to damage him on the ground, put him in a place where you can't be hurt, and you can do damage to him, and you can wear him out, make him carry your weight, make him feel, you know, hard shots of elbows and things where his head's up against the ground at times. I think that's his game plan. I think it's the smartest. If he goes into this trying to just outstrike. Corey Sanhagen, that's a that's a tough that's a tough order to call because Corey's super long. His stand up is very good. He's got you know as, as you can go back to you know Frank Hitter and he's done to others. He's got a beautiful you know jump knee up the middle. He's got great knees in the clinch. He's got great elbows in the clinch. So you don't really want to get a lot of times. I will give the advantage to the shorter guy in a clinch situation as far as doing damage in MMA at times because the taller guy. He's in a different position and he can't get things off in the same manner. Corey Sanhagen's not that guy. For a tall guy, he gets a lot of techniques and a lot of damage is done with elbows and strikes on the inside and with his knees. So, I don't know. I, I think TJ needs to work to get him down. I think that's his road to victory. Yeah, I think I think TJ needs to work on getting him down as well. Um, he's going to have to do it off the exchange, a little bit like how Juan Archuleta does it. Yep. You know, the two of them and they train, train together. together. Is he switches his stance, he hits the knee pick, doesn't get it, comes back up with a combination, and then a head kick possibly. Um, what concerns me a little bit with TJ is the height, is that Corey is tall. 
Um, he is long and lanky. I know how much <laughs> everyone loves that. Um, and then we saw what he did to Frank Yeager with the knee up the middle, you know, and with Marlon Marais as well. Like you just see the things that he can do uh, with because he is he's got long limbs, you know, and he's very accurate with what he does. And so when he when I think when TJ switches stances, he sometimes has his hands down and he's got to be careful. He doesn't get kneed or kicked coming in, dipping his head too much to the left and right. But yet again, I've said this for years about Dominic Cruz. That shit's never happened. So <laughs> that's, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you look at guys like TJ, I mean, like regardless of all those things, TJ's always had a pretty good chin. I mean, outside of the Henry Cejudo fight where I just feel like is because he cut too yeah. much weight is why his chin was suspect in that fight. But that's the other question we've got to answer, though, too. He's coming off of a, a, a knockout loss to Henry, and he hasn't fought in two which and a half a years thing. or two years, whatever which is it is. Which a good thing. It, which is a good thing. I agree with you. And remember, he was injured in that fight, too. I think he ended up tearing yep. his shoulders, or he had shoulder yep. surgeries, both shoulders, I believe. You know, So you're talking about how much mobility does he have in his shoulders? How? What about that cut that postponed this fight? Is that thing, I know it's healed, but how much scar tissue is in it? Will it open up in the first glance? There's a lot of questions to be answered about TJ, not just in terms of will he be the same fighter, like how, you know, his takedowns, how are his shoulders? Can he lift? Can he shoot a takedown? Can he get stretched out? You know, I just did one shoulder when I was fighting and it, I was, it's been a pain in the ass. Like in terms of like when your arm gets above your head, it's hard to wash my hair sometimes. <laughs> Okay, well, it's, I mean, hey, it's just one of those things. Sometimes you have that feeling where oh, your arm locks out. Every once in a while when I'm holding something heavy, I feel like it's going to slip out, but it doesn't. It just causes real pain. Will he Will he be sub subject to any of these type of things during this fight? You know, in terms of with Corey, he's very accurate. He's been very active. He's fought top-level competition. Sure, he lost to Aljo, but he had a great performance against Marlon Moraes. He had a great performance against Frankie Edgar. Which makes his confidence high. Um, he's... Yeah, his confidence is high right now. But if he doesn't stop the first couple takedowns, that's trouble. It could potentially end up being a hard night for him because it's only, it's not going to get easier as the fight goes on to stuff the takedowns, and it's also not going to get easier in terms of with uh, throwing your output because now you're going to be hesitant because you're going to get taken down as well as trying to be accurate because you're going to try to take his head off. Majority of the time, people as they start getting taken down, they start trying to land the one hard shot, and the one hard shot ends up being to the demise of being taken down again over and over and over again. So there's a lot of questions to be answered. Corey Sanhagen wins. He should be next in line for the title shot. I would imagine he should have been pretty much for this one as well, I believe. And I know it's only two fights, but he had dominant performances. against oh, yeah. Really top, top no level fighters. It. I think he's ranked number two right now. I believe also, isn't he? I'm not sure. Where two or that? three. Uh, I believe he's number, number two. two. Yeah. He's number two. Yeah. You got Peter Yan, obviously is number one. You know, so, I mean, those all make for great fights. TJ was trying to slide up in there, but where do you think they're going to put TJ if he loses? Uh, you know, if he loses, I think he's going to slip somewhere, you know, kind of, probably right between, like, a Marlon Marais, Frankie Edgar situation somewhere in there. You'll see his name right there. You think yeah. so? Well, he's already beat Dom, yep. right? No, no, he lost to Dom. He lost so he'll to Dom. Be, he'll be somewhere in that. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be somewhere in the Asunsau thing, probably somewhere up there. I don't think I don't think they'd put him above. I don't think they'd put him above Dom since he lost to Dom. Yeah, but that was a long you time know? ago, dude. Yeah, but he's been suspended for that. Yeah, but then he came he came back and won the title because he beat the guy that beat Dom. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I guess he beat him twice. Yes, too. He did. Where's Cody at? Cody's five. Five. Yep. Yeah. He's got two wins over Cody, so probably put him right there in that Jose Aldo somewhere in there position. 
And yeah. if, and if I mean, he wins, conversations to be had. He's going to come out and at number wins. two. Yep, and you know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> Mr. Alger's going to go, you know what? I think TJ should fight Peter <laughs> yeah, Yawn. That's exactly what he's going to say. Yeah, but yeah. Man. Yeah, TJ's back. Yo, you fight Peter yeah. Yawn. You do it. You I'll do it. I want you to fight. <laughs> and the winner. And I'll fight the winner unless it's Peter Yawn. I'll fight the winner unless it's him. <laughs> Fucking guy. Um, okay, what other fights on this card motivate you? Uh, motivate me? I, you know, the the Macy Chiel, uh I want to I say it right. Kiesen Chisson versus Aspen Lad. That is uh, that's that's actually a really good fight. Both mm-hmm. young fighters, you know, in their career, but both really good at what they do. Both have heavy hands, so it'll be a lot of fun. But I, you know, I I gotta go. I love Darren Elkins. I'm sorry. Anytime the damage yeah. fights, you know it's gonna be a fight. And the guy he's fighting yep. in Derek Minner is is fun. Shh, that fight has got fight of the night all over it. Yep. I would agree. I have to agree with you 100%, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the return of Macy Barber. Um, she's got to get on track. Yeah, she's got two in a like row, just right? The confidence is, isn't what it was. Yeah, two in a row. You know, I want to see if she can get it done. Miranda Maverick is is good. She's tough. You know, she's got two losses as well, eight and two, nine and two. I mean, I want to see Macy get back on track because I think she has the potential of being a star. She's just got to get focused and get her confidence back up. So, We'll see, because dropping three in a row. Not good for your I mean, company. they're not going to be talking about. Yeah, they're not going to be talking about cutting her, but they're going to be. You know, it's that right there is. You go from losing, you being undefeated to three in a row. Now you're just going, fuck, fuck my life. <laughs> That's what you're thinking as a fighter. Yeah. That's really yeah. what you're thinking. You you just keep on so, like you're going. What what is wrong here? You you got to right yeah. the ship. But the other fight that is a really good fight, and you and you know uh, one of them really well. Jordan Williams is taking on Mickey Gall. Yeah, that's a tough fight. Both those guys. You know, Jordan Williams, he doesn't have, you know, what people are going to say, the greatest record. He's, what, like 9, nine or 10 and 4. Nine and nine four. And 4 against Mickey Gall. He's a good He's a really dude. good dude, and he's a he's a tough dude. He, he's he got yeah. no give up in him, and Mickey Gall is tough as hell. So that's a, I think that's going to be an, a really fun fight to watch, too. Yeah. The thing with here, the thing with, with uh, Jordan Williams is that he just sometimes doesn't fight smart. Oh, no, no, no. That's not true. Most, most yeah. of the time. Jordan most of, okay smart. not sometimes yeah. most of the time you know what he's i mean tough, and i'm a though. huge fan i'm a he is very tough i'm a huge fan he can take a shot oh, he yeah. gives a shot but mickey gall to me is very beatable for him and i love i love jordan williams in terms of that you know he's a he's a, he's a i don't know what they have classes for it but he's a diabetic and so but it's to the point where he has to make sure he monitors it three four times yeah. a day because after training he can go low if he goes low he just starts like trying to put his sock on his head you know what i mean and so he's got to be very careful that's why he's that's why he fights at the weight class he does he you know he can't yeah. cut down because he just needs to get food intake in him and he's just not able to do it uh, but he's not a big nope. guy. That's the shitty part about it with him. I feel bad for him because he could his body frame could be seventy, but I mean, you know, he's he's got to fade at eighty five because he's a diabetic. But he's a stud. Um, he's very friendly, very nice oh, guy. He's a dog. He comes in, he just throws I think, down. I think like he's you fighting said, at seventy the majority in this of the fight, times, though, isn't he? Is I he? Think he is. I think this one is at. Yeah, is, oh, Mickey Gall is normally a seventy yeah. pounder, but he he norm yeah. So he was fighting at eighty five for a while because he couldn't get his weight down because he was a yeah, diabetic. I, I think I, I I remember looking and I thought this was at welterweight. I could be wrong. Okay, I, it could be. Up. Could very well be. Uh, is, are they on the prelims? Right there. Uh, there it is. Right no, there. There it is. Right there. Welterweight. It is welterweight. All right. Well, good for yeah. him, man. 
good for him. It looks like he figured out the solution to get it done. That's nice. I mean, like, we're going to see. Hopefully it doesn't affect his performance. And uh, I think the week of the of the weight cut is the hardest part for him, obviously. So for him to get the weight down. But, hey, we're going to see. Um, I want to wish him very – I want to wish him all the luck, man. He's a good dude. Very good dude. Who else on here are you looking at? Oh, the other one is Brendan Allen and Soriano. Yes. Punalehi. I was just about to Everyone, you know, the one thing that you hear about Soriano from everyone, dude, he can hit hard. He, and I go back to, uh, there was a guy named Drew McFedries. I don't know. Yes. You might remember Drew, but Drew fought out of uh, Militich fighting systems. He was with, in the camp with yeah. Hughes and all them. And they all would say, holy shit. You know, don't get into a stand-up yeah. battle with Drew McFedries because he just had unbelievable power. He couldn't couldn't wrestle at all. <laughs> he, he just could not <laughs> wrestle. It's like podcast oh, Dave. <laughs> when he, if, if he got taken down, everyone's going, okay, this fight's over. But on his feet yeah. at any moment, you knew, uh-oh, you know, bad yeah. things can happen. And he did that numerous times in his career. He was just God-given power. And... From what I've been told, I've never felt it, thank God, and I don't want to, but Soriano's got the same thing. Interesting. Let me, uh, let's scroll down there. I want to see Drew McFedders. When was the last time he fought in the UFC? Oh, my God. You were just on there. 2009. You, 2009. Jeez. Yeah, I was going to say, he came after I did my first stint in the yeah. UFC before, like, he came after that. He was in that, like, Koscheck, John Fitch era. Kinda, well, most of the time, if you, if you look kinda, at his record, most of them, you know, is going to be... Losses or submissions, he hit the ground. Mm -hmm. It was all over. But all of his wins are yeah. going to be TKOs or KOs. The dude had cinder blocks in his glove, man. He could just wallop. Yeah, he lost to Patrick Cote by TKO, but then uh, that was on the same card as Mike Swick and um, who was it? Swick and somebody. Berkman. Berkman, yeah. Interesting. Diaz versus Near, Solo versus Cote. Jeez. Just, just so bring it up ago, a blast John. from the past. It's so long ago. I start reading uh, these names, yeah. right? Go, Go ahead, back. Man. Dave, Dave, quit quit flipping around, man. You're <laughs> killing me right now. Jeez. I'm having a hard time reading. I, I can't um, see clearly. I, I'm blind as it is, man. This is horrible. <laughs> like, I'm trying to lie. I was squinting and looking and looking. Yeah, anyways, bright ass halo lights in my face. Um, Stout and Fisher, two. Stout Fisher one was oh, great. Both of those fights Diaz were great. Diaz near Silva Cote was a. Remember Cote hurt yeah, his knee. Step back. Um. Oh, yeah, fights man. Jeez. Jeez, man. It's crazy. Anyways, all right. So we'll go back to the rest of the card. Go ahead, Dave. You can do it now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ian Heinish. He's tough, man. He's a tough dude, and he's got you know, he's got that that grittiness to him. He's got a good wrestling background. Mm -hmm. Um. But Imabov is good. Oof. He is good. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Just a gamer comes forward, yep. you know, he's got good wrestling, you know, likes to throw but heavy shots to get in on the wrestling. Matchup. It really is a good yeah, one. Yeah, it is. You know, I yeah. think what what wasn't Heinrich's last loss to um Kelvin? Hermanson, wasn't no, it? I thought, Who I thought was it was Kelvin Kelvin uh Gastelum. Gastelum? Yeah. Could have been. I thought it was Hermanson, but it could be Gastelum. It was gasoline. Good job. Look at that freaking look at that big brain on big John. Years old. Still has a memory now. <laughs> Jeez. It's crazy. That head's so big. I gotta grease your ears uh, so you can get through the door sometime. Um, 
Whatever happened to this girl, Sajara Eubanks? She's, she's fighting on this card, man. What are you talking about? I, I know. I'm looking at her right here. I understand that. Whatever happened to her? Like, she remember she was supposed to fight for the title, and they pulled it from her, and then she got all pissed off and started, like, spewing hate well, towards the UFC? Well, she, she got pulled because she couldn't make weight. Yeah, that was yeah. the problem. And now she's got everything. She, you know, she came from the whole group with Lloyd Irvin and stuff. She was, remember, he used to have the house. And uh, yeah, all that stuff. I believe so. Wasn't that down in uh, San Diego? No, it was like Washington D.C. area type area thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, uh, he had who his was, competition. Who was the jiu-jitsu team. coach? Alliance, who was the coach down in Alliance San Diego? for a long time had Lloyd Irvin as their. That would be the guy that would come out because uh, like Brandon Vera was with God. Hey, God, that's what I was yeah. talking about. But okay. Sajara was, you know, they they had a, a competition team, and Sajara was one of the ones, and that and they had this house, and there was all kinds of these reports that came out that got shut down. But uh, you know, she's got, yeah. she's she comes from that jujitsu background, but now she's really more, more of a stand up fighter. She just she stands and brawls. She's physically strong, you know, very yeah, strong. That's what I've heard. And uh, she looks it yeah, too, though. She does. She just doesn't do very good interviews. Like when she <laughs> interviews, she's like kind of always negative, never positive. Like comes across as kind of like a mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, not likable. I don't know. Not she, you know, I've been around her. She's very likable. Be she's. She, I'm gonna say she's probably she's nice. Got, I'm just you know, saying based her, on her, her interviews. nickname is Sarge. You know, and it's kind of <laughs> it explains a lot go. to be honest. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, it explains a lot. But she's a she's actually a really good person, and she's a good fighter. She just had some rough fights. I don't know if you look at what I'm trying to think. She's had a couple of losses in two in a row, I think. Yeah, she lost to um, Vieira, and she lost to Kianzad. Yeah, she lost to Aspen Lad before that, and Bech Cohea. That was probably when Bech was making her run. Because I don't like Bech. I don't like Bech has won in a while. Not in quite a while. Yeah, she had some rough goes after the uh, the Ronda Rousey fight started. Oh, like that was uh taking a that was the down. start of the downfall. Yeah, and then she fought Holly Holm too. I think she got head kicked. I believe. Yep. Crazy. All right. Well, hey, that, uh, that's gonna wrap it up for the UFC card this weekend. And uh, you guys tune in, check it out. I mean, look, realistically, you guys are getting a main event. That main event is a oh, dog. The- that main event's gonna be fun. Everything about it, you got all the anticipation of TJ Dillashaw's return, as well as you got, you know, Corey Sanhagen just chomping at the bit saying, hey, I'm ready to fight for the title. And then you've got a little bit of, an- not animosity, but the stories that throw you back into the fact that like, hey, I used to get the better of him when we trained. Oh, I used to get the better of him when he trained. But like Corey, uh, Anderson, uh, Corey Anderson said, Somebody knows. Yeah, that's exactly Somebody it. knows. How one of them knows. One person knows. How, one of them knows who got the better in training. So we're going to find out, man, when it really comes down to it. But when I talked with TJ, he said, I'm the one that got the better in training. And then when I talked to other people, they said. Maybe not. Mm, it was the other way around. It was the other way around. But that's why we fight the fight, baby. <laughs> we're going to see what happens. So it'll be good stuff. All right, make sure you guys go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WayneIn. And, uh, hey, there's some good stuff to bet on right now. Game six is tonight. If you guys hurry and hustle up, you got game six of the NBA game six of the NBA finals going on tonight. Probably on right now. It might be on right now. Who knows? But, guys, go there. If you guys want to get do some prop bets, man, use the promo code WayneIn. Also, too, if it's the first time you're uh, logging on to the mybookie.ag, and using our promo code, they're going to give you a little extra spending cash as well for being a loyal customer to us. 
at weighing in as well as to them. So we appreciate you guys and use that promo code and hey, make some money. Good, Good luck. luck to all if of you. If you're gonna take this bet, if you're gonna take this bet, you got TJ Dillashaw at plus one one fifty five, and you got Corey Sanhagen at minus one ninety. I might have to take the dog. See that that's that's where you go. I always go if 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 you have a fight where either guy can actually win the fight. Why am I going to bet on? Why am I going to put more money out to win less money when I have the same opportunity? Yeah. Really, if I believe one guy's going to win, then it doesn't matter what the odds are. But if I you know, I look at this and I do think Corey should be the favorite because he's been fighting, and I think that you know that's a a big plus unless you're Dominic Cruz, and then he proves that's not true at all. But you know, Misha Tate, she just proved it doesn't really count either. So maybe TJ Dillashaw will come out and do the same thing. But I always say, man, if you've got a guy that's a dog and you get a like a 150 or above, that's the guy I would take. Well, you could also do the it's the tense. under. What's the under on it? Yeah, because the, the the over on it is plus 140, and the under is 170. Yeah, but the under is how many rounds? Three and a half. Sorry, and a half. I left the fucking. Yeah, there you out. go. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Yeah. Good job. Over over three and a half is plus one forty, and under is uh, under three and a half is minus one seventy. No, I might. I, I might would, go into the over. I would take the over. I would take the over. To be honest, I think it's going to go four and five rounds. Good. I think it's going to go four and five. I think TJ is going to take him down a couple times, and he's going to squeak out some rounds that way. You know, that first round is going to be the telltale of of who's getting the better in training. And if TJ can get the ring rust off and jump back in, get used to taking shots by little gloves, by top talented fighters, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we're not talking about practice, man. We ain't talking about practice anymore. This is the real <laughs> shit. So, all right, guys, and then uh, let's move on. What you got for us? Matt Mitrione released by Bellator following third straight knockout I love loss. Matt Mitrione. Yep, yep. Guy. But, but, I hear a but coming. But you can't, you know, in his last, what, five or six fights, he doesn't have a win. It's kind of puts you in a position where you're not going to be kept no matter where you're at. You know, and even as a heavyweight, and people talk about heavyweights, heavyweights are rare, Matt is got still got speed. He's got good hands, but everyone knows the, uh, the blueprint on beating him is to take him down if you can. And uh, mm. he's had, yeah, two, two losses in a row, Tim Johnson and Tyrell Fortune, where he believes, you know, he got hit. I thought he did get headbutted. It was not intentional. It was what we call a clash of heads. And maybe that is what ended up putting him in that position. But if you get into that clash of heads and you're able to start screaming out to the referee, you know, that's a headbutt, that's a headbutt. Then you're able to fight. Get yourself back up. You know, I hate to, and I hate to say that in in any way. I'm not saying anything bad about Matt, but it's like he lost because it happened again. I think he just lost his mind over it. Yeah, um, I, I've got a lot of experience with uh, refs being in the wrong position position for headbutts. Talk about that. And so my Talk idea, my idea is, anytime you know that you got headbutt, make sure you know you got headbutted because. Even when you go down, the ref doesn't know what the fuck's going on. So, you know, and that's what happens sometimes when the ref's not in the right position. So Would as you soon know as you what get the right headbutted, position is? You, yeah, really? Yeah, Explain it. Let me hear what the right position is. <laughs> the, position the position that sees the headbutt, that's the right position. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Whatever position it takes for you to see the damn headbutt is the so right I position. Guess maybe you could now, say that your, uh, your, your suggestion here is 
that I could go back and say, well, if you're so stupid that you stick your head where another person's head is and you take a shot, then you're just an idiot. Well, in, in Matt Mitrione's <laughs> case, in Matt Mitrione's case with... Uh, Which one? John, who was Johnson? the first one? With Tim Johnson. That was a clash of heads that should have yeah. been stopped. And like you said, uh, this last one, though, with Tyrell Fortune, he kind of initiated it by dipping his head down yeah. into it. And so I, I understand where you're going with that. But regardless of that, I say if you know that you were headbutted yeah. and it, it put you down, just roll over face down, grab your head, and you start, start kicking the mat really hard, and the ref will stop it. And they're going to go back to the replay no. and say, hey, it was no, a headbutt. Stop it and now say you lost. Done. Collect your check and move stop on. Stop and say you lost. <laughs> So nice job of kicking no. your foot. Yes. What no, do you mean? What do you mean? Not, no. John. No, that's the only way we can get you you refs that are in bad positions to stop the fight. <laughs> just turn over on your belly, grab your forehead, start kicking the mat, and just start in pain, in pain. They knew that there was no shot landed. How did you end up on the ground? What are you talking about no shot landed. You can see that you can no see the shot, shot landed. landed. The headbutt the headbutt landed. That's what landed, John. <laughs> not yours. It was a left hand. Ask the judge. I asked him. Uh, no, you you even admitted in the court of law <laughs> court to of the law? commission that the headbutt is what dropped I, me. I do believe that. But look, let's not let's not talk oh, about the past. Let's again. talk about this, this fight this right here. Great. Let's talk. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about <laughs> Matt Mitrione. Matt Mitrione, second headbutt. It's frustrating. Totally. I mean, I only had it happen once to me. You know, ref was just in a bad position. Total beginner, total <laughs> beginner. It's a total beginner move. But Matt, though, in this situation, dipped into it a little bit. Should have kept fighting. I don't know how hard it was. Like mine, I was seeing like triple vision, and obviously it wasn't apparent to the, the referee. Should, you, you but in this been, situation, you should have been you know, good then, because the way you drink, you're seeing triple vision all the time. I know the way I drink. <laughs> John knows I can put a whiskey down. I can do a bourbon or a whiskey. I get that yeah, shit dude. down fine. God, I love it. All right. So, anyways, look. If you're not gonna, if you haven't won six fights, uh, it is. What do you think uh, is gonna happen? It's, and it's just shame because heavyweights are a little bit, they're a little harder yep. to come by. So that's why they they try to keep them on. But I mean, it was just time. You know, what I mean, it was yeah. time. So, all right, yeah. Um, all right. Managers agree. Paula Costa versus Marvin Vittori I matchup. I like the managers well, agree. The managers agreed. You know what that's that wonderful. means? Can we get the fighters? You to know what agree? that means? Diddly squat. Don't know yet. <laughs> It doesn't mm -hmm. mean anything. A promoter yeah. has to put that fight together, and that promoter would be a guy named Dana White. And if he thinks yeah. it's a good fight, he'll do it. If he doesn't, he won't. He Dana gives zero fucks. about what manner. Zero fucks zero. about what the manager unless you're unless you're the manager, unless you're the manager that manages Connor, Khabib, or people that actually have influence, that manager now has a little bit of clout. So you know what? We kind of want that fight. Can you make that yeah. fight happen? Because that's their cash cow. But right now, Vittori and Paula Costa are not cash cows. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a wonderful fight. No, it'd be a good fight. I'd love to see that fight. fight. It'd be a great fight. Yeah, I, I would put it up there as being a great fight. I mean, it depends. If we see if we see the same Vittori that fought Izzy and the same Vittori and the same Costa that fought Izzy, it could be a boring fight. <laughs> but I don't think we're going to see that. I think these two guys clash. I think they walk step in the center of the cage, and they just get down. That's what I think. I think they're just going to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and just throw. I think we're going to see a little bit of that Yoel Romero, Paulo Costa type style. Take that one. With probably less, with probably less wrestling. <laughs> That's going to be a great fight. So what do you think? No, I think the same thing. I think it would be a great fight if they put it together because both guys. And, I, and I, I'm going to say, yes, I think that Paulo Costa had a, a poor performance 
against Izzy. He did not come out and perform in any way that, that you would have expected. So did Vittori, no, though. I, I wouldn't say that. I was, Vittori, Vittori was going after him. He just wasn't able yeah. to catch him. But he was going after him. So I, I take nothing away from Marvin Vittori in that fight. He lost, yes. But he was giving it everything he had, and he was going after him. He did not have a bad performance based upon anything other than is he made a miss. Yeah. It's frustrating. Oh, yeah. It's exhausting oh, yeah. too. Every time you miss, it's frustrating. It's exhausting. Your mind starts fucking with you. You're like, shit, I can't hit him. Now I'm getting tired. Shit, he's going to start piecing me up and boom, boom, yep. knock out. Done deal. I mean, overall though, I'm, I'm kind of pumped to see if they get that fight to actually go through. It'd be it a good be. fight. You know, it, obviously I think it'd probably be a main event. And in a five-round fight, I don't know how, because Paul Costa cuts so much Paul weight. Paul Costa in a five-round fight a five is not round a good fight. thing right now, in my opinion. He's Not he a good thing. That, I think three yeah. rounds. He's got to do something about that. All right, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, jump into some fan questions. Yeah, let's do some fan questions, Good. buddy. Oh, right. by the way, I want to remind all of you guys, if you guys haven't followed our shorts channel, our, our uh, Wayne in shorts channel, our clips channel, Go there. The link is down below, and you guys can click that link. That'll take you to the channel. Hit the subscribe button there. Also, we're going to be filming our show right after this one that's going to be headlining that channel. So it's called Wayne Interjection, where it's a little bit of a kind of a kickoff of like another uh, some shows that you've seen on ESPN where we talk about the some topics, and we just riff on it for, say, a minute or two, and we just give you guys uh, some total propaganda the BS lines. It's just fun to get you guys to chomp at the bit. It's going to be fun. We're gonna have a little fun with it. We're gonna dress. Uh, we're gonna dress uh, Big John up as somebody else as a mm. character, and he's gonna play that part. So it's gonna be fun. I cannot wait. I can't wait. So, all right. Well, let's get into these fan questions, buddy. Uh, Sam Unsung asks, "How good Michael Johnson actually is? Uh, he has wins over Dustin Poirier, Tony Barboza, and Go Artem Lobov, but some weird losses along the way. What stopped him from becoming one of the top lightweights or featherweights?" Hashtag and still. I, I really think it's a, a little bit of fight IQ. Okay. Um, I look at it as that, like, look, he's piecing people up, and and he needs to stick with that. Sometimes, like here, I'll give you the Josh the Josh Emmett fight. He was dominating that fight. He kept putting himself in harm's mm-hmm. way. Like, circle, stay on your bike. You have, you have like... You had a half a round left. Just circle, stay on your bike, man. Stay away from him. He's got power. Keep your defense up tight. Don't overextend on things. It just, like, things like that, like, you know that he had a chin. You pieced him up the whole fight. Nothing ever happened. He just was still walking forward trying to land the big punch. That's when you got to fight smart. Keep your defense on point. Stick the jab in the face and move. Stick the jab in the face and move. You know, and that's that's it. I mean, that's really what it came down to. Like, little things like that. I mean, in terms of the other ones that are most recent, that's a confidence thing. Losing to Josh Emmett the way he did, and then Stephen Ray, and then Tiago Moses, and then, you know, um, and then Clay Guida. Like, those are those are all, like, once you start losing, your confidence isn't the same. So even in the gym, it starts affecting on how you perform. You start doubting yourself in every little thing you do. You start realizing you're getting hit every way and every other direction, and you're getting touched by guys you shouldn't be touched by. I mean, you know, and he's he's what? He's 35 years old. I mean, you're getting you Josh Emmett knockout was nasty. Oh yeah. That was a nasty nasty knockout. And then he has a decision loss, then he got a like he got uh leg locked. 
uh, by Tiago Moises, and then he had that was just um, a mistake a lost to, to Clay. You're talking about fighting. Yeah, it was a mistake. Got caught in a situation, but Michael Johnson came into MMA more of a wrestler. You know, he had a good wrestling background, he, and he's a good athlete. And his stand-up now is really sharp. But he gets into these situations, and, and I saw it when he was in the Justin Gaethje fight when Justin was fighting his first fight in the UFC, and you know, Michael was the guy they put him yeah. against. Like he he was lighting Gaethje up at times. And he had Gaethje yeah. in real trouble. And it was those moments when he should have taken his time and kept a certain distance and spacing. And he's running in to try to finish it because he is pressing the action. He's trying to get that finish. And I, I can't blame anyone for that. I don't sit there and say, oh, you know, you shouldn't do it. Yeah, you shouldn't do it. But it's when you know that you can get that finish right now, it's tough not to. And uh, he just ran out of gas hitting Justin because he hit Justin a lot. He put a lot of energy out in those rounds. And, and then as soon as Justin was able to take away his front leg, then bad things started to happen for him because his movement stopped. And as soon as his movement stops, that's when Michael Johnson becomes average. You know, he's a very elusive fighter. He's hard to find. He's hard to hit. But if you can take away some of that movement and you can find him, that's when he becomes more average and he's not the great fighter. But he he's a, he's a super talented guy. Yeah, he is. He, and he's very accurate with his yes, strikes. He is. You know, um, what happens is he puts more output, though, than his conditioning can keep up with. And he starts leaving himself open as the fight yeah. goes on. Um, he's fast. He's explosive. And we've talked about fast and explosive athletes. They tend to slow down in long duration yeah. of fights. And so he's got to, he's, like I said, that comes down to fight IQ. Like you have to know that like with the, with the Justin Gaethje fight, every time he rocked him, he smothered himself, didn't give himself room to pick and choose the mm -hmm. shots, you know? And, um, I, I guess I want to, I want to look at, uh, and if you guys want to go back okay, and I know I bring it up a lot cause I like to rub it in. Okay. But the Nate Diaz fight kick to the head, boom, he backs away. If you notice, I didn't just rush in and start blitzing. I stepped up, and there was two clean shots that landed clean against the fence, and that's what put him down. It wasn't the head kick that put him down. It was the two shots, and they were accurate and on the button. You know what I mean? And so you, those are the things that Michael Johnson, and sometimes when I talk about fight IQ, and I talk about this for all fighters, not just Michael Johnson, is that when you rock someone, slowly track after them and pick and choose your shots. Touch them. Do a Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz type situation. Is they just tap, 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 and then when they rock you, then they put the combinations together with power. That's what's made them so good for so long is that it's not, they don't hit hard, but then when they do catch you with something, boom, okay, I've hit you two or three times. Now I've turned your chin. Now I hit you with a hard shot. And then they just, then they start picking up the power. They don't go hard all the time. And that's kind of where Michael Johnson, he's always going hard. He's always going fast and explosive and tends to slow down, leaves himself open as the fight goes on. And so when he had the Justin Gaethje situation, he had rocked him several times, smothered himself, and wasn't able to get the finish because he just blitzed so fast that nothing was really clean landing. You know, and so those are the type of those are the type of things that I'm talking about and I'm talking about fight IQ. Um, what else you got? Next question is from Danger Mouse who asks, for Big John, what's the best insult you've heard in the cage? And for Josh, what's the best insult banter you've heard while fighting? The best, best insult. insult? Oh, my God. That's hard to think of. Come on. The best one. You know. <laughs> you, hear, you hear a lot of things at times, but, you know, it's always, it's, it, it's always funny when you have a fighter 
who is comes in, hasn't been doing you know a whole lot of talking, but their opponent is, and and then I've had him, and I'm not going to say who it is. I'm sorry, but you know all of a sudden the fight starts and they hit their opponent that has been talking much. They say, "Talk now, bitch." And I just always love it <laughs> after they're hurt. They're doing the uh, stuff, and then just stands there talking now, bitch. You know, it's like oh, I was like, man. yeah, yeah, I agree with him. That's a good, that's a good comment right there. So, simple. very simple. It's very simple. So. Um, I never had, I never had anyone that really talked to Nick. I mean, Nate did, but I actually brought people in that would talk shit to me while I was training, and. They always come in like in the in the last round when I was exhausted and they were fresh and they would talk shit to me and try and fuck me up and piece me up and it would frustrate me even more. So when I went to the Nate fight, it was one of those things. I was very prepared for him to start talking shit. And so when he started talking after the very first kick, he's like, what, bitch? That's it? What's bitch? Like he kept saying that to me and I was just like, oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> so I was prepared for it. But the one thing that I wasn't prepared for, and it wasn't shit talking, it was more just back and forth conversation that really threw me off was KJ Noons. Is that he just talked to me like, oh, that one almost landed. Oh, nope. Missed. Oh, nope. You know, like, and then after he hit me, he's like, oh, gotcha. Next one's going to be harder. Watch. Just pay attention. Here it comes. And it was like that kind of thing made me constantly think that he was so relaxed. And I'm thinking, man, he can fight like this fucking the whole time. And I wasn't, and I just didn't have a good performance because he threw me off my game. It really came down to that. If you guys go back and watch that fight, fuck, I was exhausted after the first round. Exhausted. I was so tired. I could barely keep my arms up. I was like, just, I had no energy, man. I came out the second round. I was like, barely keep my hands up. And Bob's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm, I, I, the only thing I can think of is I hydrated improperly. I just didn't hydrate properly or whatever it was, but I just had no energy. I was flat. And everything was like a lot of work and he, and, but the talking made that happen even more. It just catapulted it into more. I just felt even worse and worse. Every time he hit me, I was like, you fucker. And every time I every time it took me more and more to get a takedown, I was like, shit, if I don't get him down, man, I'm, <laughs> he's going to fuck me up on the feet and talk to me about it. This is horrible. I was, those are all things that were going through my mind while we're fighting. I'm like, shit. So I wouldn't say it was banter. It was just more that that threw me off a lot because he was so casual about it. It wasn't anything. He didn't take anything. It didn't sound like he took anything serious. Like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Oh, it's almost there. Oh, no, you're not going to get that triangle. No, 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 no. Like he was just talking to me and that just threw me off. So I'd say KJ Nunes. Uh, what else you got? Uh, next question is from Francisco Cruz who asks, <clears throat> I'd like to ask you both from your different perspective, what's one What's the one rule in the United Rules? Sorry, the Unified Rules. Would you oh. like changes? That was too broken English for me. What is one rule in the Unified Rules? Would you like changed? The t- twelve to six elbows. Yep. <laughs> like, dumbest thing ever. It doesn't even belong. It does dumbest thing. It doesn't belong there. But if you want to talk about like other rules, I kind of feel like you should be able to get five minutes for an eye poke. You know, they, absolutely I, I not. Know, but I don't really give a shit. And and, and, the, okay. and the, re- well, the reason I say no is, unfortunately, mm. and Josh knows this is true, fighters will cheat. And yeah. it, you would like to be able to say, and, and any smart official, any smart referee, look, if 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 you got eye poked, I would be the one, as, as you're saying, I, I'm good to go. And I'd be saying, yeah, you know what, just hold on, take take a little bit more time. I need to go over here. I would be buying time knowing that I'm supposed Got to get it. the fight going, but I'm going to give you as much time as I can so you 
hopefully get back to as good as you can be. And uh, I, I did it too many times. And it's, but to say that you're going to give the time to the fighter, unfortunately, can't do it. Yeah. Because the fighters will actually, they'll say they got poked at times. When was, you know, even when they, they, they really believe they did, but they got punched. And uh, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. Give, giving the fighter the control is usually a way for bad situations to come about as far as time taken, unfair. You know, Just like sometimes it's unfair, I will say in reverse of when I see an official who doesn't give the fighter enough time with an eye poke, it's unfair. You need to give them more time. You need to be yeah. smart about how you do it. Just because it says in the rules that once the doctor says the fighter can continue, you must restart the fight at that time, that doesn't mean that I need to do it that second. I can always have other things that I need to take care of. Okay. Whether you believe I need to take care of them or not, I'm going to take care of those things to give that person extra time. You, you said something that resonated with me right there. You said, when you give the fighter control, that it's usually that they're pretty much going to cheat. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So I just seems like when you said that, it just put Aljo's head right in my mind, just like right away. It just was like, boom. Anyways. Um, okay. Next question. <laughs> uh, next question from Barack Oganja asks, Josh and John, if you were fighting, would you rather have an incompetent referee like Mazagati or incompetent judges? Cheers, fellas. I'd rather have incompetent judges because I'd rather have the ability that I'll take care of the finish instead of having someone in there that's going to screw me over. You can get screwed either way, but one, if I finish fight, I don't need the other ones. If I have a bad official, there, there's been things done in fights. Like I, I've, you know, I've seen everything, you know, and I, you know, I've, I see, I just, I, that's, that's not true. Yeah, it's that's true. Not true. You've seen everything. I mean, you've seen me naked, but you haven't seen everything. <laughs> Seeing you naked was enough. Man. Oh. Uh, but seriously, you know, when you talk about fights, I've seen guys tap. And the referee, you know, doesn't stop it. And the, the, the opponent does because he feels it. And, he's, and then all of a sudden the guy doesn't, he, he starts going again. And the guy who got the submission is now going, hey, wait, wait, wait. And now they're getting overtaken by the guy. And all of a sudden the referee stops it and gives the other guy the win. And you look and you go, how, what are you doing? Or, you know, and I've, I've seen it all. I've seen, I've seen guys knocked down with beautiful shots. And the referee comes in and stops it. And then lets the guy stand up and says, fight. You know, I, I've seen everything. I, I've seen so many bad things that a bad referee ruins, can ruin the sport. Bad judging, yes, it, it's not good. But uh, what people don't seem to understand with the judging is many times, and I, I'm going to get ripped on this one, but many times the judges are right. The commentators are wrong. The judges actually got it right, but because the commentator said it one way, everyone believes that's the way it's supposed to be. So they, you know, yeah. they'll say it's controversial when there's no controversy. It's clear. It's it may not be the way you look at it, but the way the judge can do it, as far as round by round, they can only score those individual rounds. And so you'll have someone that wins the first round just by a little bit. He'll, they win the second round by just a little bit, and the third round they kind of get pieced up bad, and the other guy's coming on and. The other guy loses, they win, and everyone says the judges did a shitty job. No, they did what they could do. They're, they're working within the rule set that they have. 
Well, I'm going to go back to last weekend uh, for the Bellator card when you and Sean Grandy were saying that Denise lost the fight when you guys were obviously wrong because you guys were just commentators trying to skew the judge, trying to skew the audience. <laughs> I I had it for Denise Kills, but it, like John, John and I talked to words afterwards, and I, we had the deciding round was number two. I had him. I had Denise win in the first and the fifth, and then John had her win in had Juliana win in two, three, and four, and I had Juliana losing two. I had Denise winning too. So anyways, but yeah, but that's typical of, you know, K-Side commentary trying to skew the viewers at home into, you know, believing what they want. But yeah, I got it. I understood yeah. that. So, uh, But see, that, that's, <laughs> it was that's great part of stuff. the reason they have you up there where you're not scoring because you can't. Yeah, but it was a great, here's the thing, in terms of, but do you notice they always, they always come to me for the last, for the last no, call. No. That's what, they always come to the desk for the last oh, one. That, yeah, so it's all why. about listening to you. I, I was the, I was the last one to, to give my opinion on who should have won that fight. And I was again, the last one. it was That's wrong. Why. They said, let's, they said, let's, they said, let's go again, to the expert. So it came to me. <laughs> they came to me. They said, let's it. go to the expert. Uh, came to me. Um, it was good. I mean, like, look, but like you said, this is why I really wish we could implement the half the half point system story because it, a lot of these fights are extremely close you know and so um it w- i would like to see you know not always just 10 you know 10 nines 10 eight and a half that would be good instead of just always 10 eight i know it would probably make things a little bit more complicated in the math department but look i'm not a i'm not a judge and i don't have to add that shit up so it doesn't bother me but somebody there with the calculator has got to be on hand Okay, because I'm telling you right now, I think the half point system would be amazing because some of these fights, like you were just saying, they are so close. Rounds one and two could be so close by a narrow margin of winning, but it's still a 10-9 round. And then the person that wins the third pieces them up and then it's it's not enough. And so if it was a half point scoring system, you know, it'd be a lot closer, if not the other way around. So I would like to see those implemented. It's never going to happen, or at least John doesn't seem to know. So I'm going to kind of lean towards John's way of thinking on this. I've tried. But I would well, like it. It would what you're nice. talking about is this. You know, first off, 10-10 is something we just don't see unless we have a round that uh, fighters come out, have a little bit of action, and there's something that happens that's a foul, and they're going to stop the fight. They'll have the judges sometimes have to render a score for that round, and nothing really happened. They're going to put a 10-10. You just don't see 10 tens, and commissions don't want 10 tens because there's always something that usually separates the fight, especially in a five five minute fight. The, the The rounds that are closer to 10 10 are the fights that are horrible, where the fighters aren't doing anything. Those are the yeah. ones you'll get closer to 10 10. Derek Lewis and Nagano. Yeah, right there, you know, horrible. <laughs> yeah. So, really, if you're looking at it, you got 10 9, 10 8, 10 7 happens every, you know, decade. <laughs> but. Very few, you know, yeah. there are very few 10-7 rounds out there. You know, we've had them. I can name, you know, a couple of them. But was the Frankie Edgar first round and Gray Maynard, was that a 10-7? No, well, it wasn't scored a 10-7. No, it, it was a 10-8. It was the way it was scored. But if you go back and you look, you can say that that, that should have been a 10-7 round. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he dropped him three yep. times and then had him wobbled two yeah, or three yeah, times, but... two, two times outside of that. So, it, yeah, that you was can a... look at it, you know, and it's, it's close, but... 10-7 was, if you remember, Cyborg versus Finney, you know, it was a, ended up being a, 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 a Jan Dan Finney. Finney ended up being a 9-7 because Winslow took a point from Cyborg, but that would, that would have been a 10-7 round, but she's not reffing anymore, no. is she? Sorry, I didn't mean no, to interrupt okay. you, but I just had to yeah, get that out there. Some things. There used to be a female referee, um, what was Kim her Winslow. name? Kate. 
Kim. Kim. I keep wanting to say Kate. Could have been <laughs> like Kim. the actress. Kim Winslow. No, she did not look like Kate Winslow. <laughs> Winslet. <laughs> sorry. All right. So, um, but the, but yeah. the thing so anyways, to think Kate, about Kate, is sorry. again, you got nine, eight, seven. You got three. But if you had a half point, you can go nine, five, nine, eight, five, eight, seven, five, seven. Yeah. You're talking about the use of six points compared to three. Those differences in giving the judge the ability on a really close round to say that's a 10-9-5, okay, that could be the difference in who wins and loses the fight at the end. You know, yeah. So that's yeah. what it would be nice to be able to, to clarify. Oh, this is a really close round. We give it a 9-5. This is, you know, this is a clear round. We give it a 9. This is, you know what? not quite a 10-8, but man, this guy was put it on him and did all this damn, it's an 8-5. Well, it would be nice. Yeah. Um, I would agree with wow. you. Wow. I, I know that you. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> like, like swallowing vinegar. Alright, what else you got for us? Uh, next question from Jason Fong, who asked, Josh, is there a martial art discipline you wish you learned more when you were fighting? Well, since John and I talked about this, and it's, uh, what, like two shows ago, I think, it's the worst discipline in the world called <laughs> judo. Okay, I would have never have wanted to learn that. So, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm kidding, man. I mean, honestly, I mean, let's just be real. I probably would have wished I would have done some sort of sambo. So, like, whether it was, there's a lot more upper body throws, there's a lot of foot sweeps involved, judo style throws. Okay, but the striking comes along with it. They back in the original days of Sambo, there was a lot more leg locking, you know, um, that you know, so when people were like, oh, when I heard uh, Tiago Moises say that he's working a lot of leg locks for Islam, I was like, yeah, no, bro, not not a good idea. He's just physically strong. He got he got to like a hillock position, but it wasn't even close. Islam was just chilling there. You know what I mean? Like it was just one of those. I just know that position on all those guys, and they're so keen to it. On like when people get towards their legs and just how to smash it and shut it down. Anyways, um, but I would say probably Sambo to be honest, because it mixes everything up together and it does it off of. Hold the on, movement. we have a friend, mutual friend by the name of the American Gangster, who says there is no such thing as Sambo. So how are you going to learn something that there really isn't? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that friend also, that friend also has never lost a fight and never That's been right. injured. I, I love, so love me some chill. I, I don't take anything yeah, he has no. to say to heart. I I love me some chill piece on <laughs> He's funny, man. But I would say, I'd probably say like a Sambo, I'd say more of a Sambo tradition of, because it really, it's it's just, it was MMA to begin with. I mean, that's kind of what a little bit of striking, a little bit of wrestling, you know, a little bit of uh, judo, upper body Greco. I mean, they really, they, that was the, I feel like it was one of the more original mixed martial arts that have been, has been around forever, yeah. no matter what Chael says, you know. All right, what else? Uh, AQA asks, what do you think of Deron Wynn? He's neither tall, long, or lanky, especially for yeah. 185. I don't think he'll be an elite MMA fighter. Deron Wynn can wrestle his ass off. That's the one thing I'll tell you about Deron Wynn. And yes, he's not tall, long, and lanky, but his wrestling is so good that he can compete with being a guy who is not long. He is short. He is, a, you know, he is stout. He's strong as hell. And he's he's a throwback to he's the he's the guy that goes in with one specialized skill set and beats really good guys. Now that doesn't mean he can't be beat. 
he can be and he has but he's a tough ride for anyone because his wrestling is so good if he gets on top of you you got problems yeah my concern with him is that I, I believe I believe if he spent time with a nutritionist and, and truly dedicated himself, he'd get to 70. But here's the thing. I don't know if he'd be the same person. That's the problem. Like at 185, at least, I mean, he already kind of gets tired, but he's been working his ass off for this next fight coming up. I can't remember who he's fighting, but um, he's been working his ass off. And so he looks good physically. Um, I just don't know if it's going to translate because look, I feel like he's kind of the same way of a little bit of a Mike Van Arsdale, not, not in terms of you're, you, you're, like you're comparing like, Duran Wynn and Mike Van Arsdale. They look exactly the same. What, 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 <laughs> I, not, not in terms of looks. Good thing. We don't base things off of looks a lot of times. No, I, I mean like with Duran, Duran, like he's obviously shorter. He's five, six, five, seven, you know, 195, 200 pounds. The thing with him is he's so fast, so explosive. His double leg is extremely fast. And the one thing he does possess is he possesses power in his hands. Problem is he wings everything so much. If he threw straighter punches to get it there, he'd probably land a little bit more. He's had success with his hands, though, as well. So that's kind of that 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 wrestling kryptonite where they fall into that. They fall in love with their power. And all of a sudden, they want to start standing. Then he lost those two in a row. And then he went back to a little bit of the wrestling. He's got to just make sure he's in wrestling shape the whole time. But he's also got to learn how to ride, not just in terms of riding like in wrestling. He's got to ride. He's got to learn how to keep his hip pressure in. He's got to learn how to sit up and posture and do ground and pound. He's got to learn how when people escape and turn their back to them to sit them back to their hip. He's got to learn how to do all things. And I've always said this about wrestlers. Mike Van Arsdale didn't know how to leg ride. Like maybe he did in college wrestling. I don't know. But when you got into a fight, wrestlers are like extremely afraid to put their hooks in. I'm like, what the f are you guys doing? Like, the way Duran's body is, if he puts the legs in and he just freaking gets heavy on you, those guys aren't getting up. And he's got he's got vicious ground up if he gets on top of you. So I want the best for him because he's a teammate of mine. He's a good dude. I mean, um, I've coached him, cornered him, worked with him a bunch of times. He's a great kid. Um, I'm excited to see what he's what he's going to have in store. He's 32 Fighting years Phil old. But, yeah. Phil, didn't Phil Hawes used to be with uh, Bellator? Yeah. Long, long no, time no, ago. Not that yeah. long ago. Yeah. So, so is that a good? You tell me. Is that a good fight for him? Bill Haas has turned, has learned how to strike where he was having problems before. But he comes from a, uh, I think he was a, I want to say he was a JUCO national champion in wrestling. Uh, so Got he it. lives a lot off his wrestling. Super strong, very explosive guy. But he can't. He different Phil Haas than I was thinking. Cannot wrestle with Duran Win. But he's gonna no. Phil has really come on to his into his own as being able to. He used to just blow up in the fight because he would go after, and if he didn't get rid of someone, yeah. then there was a problem. He would get tired. Now he's learning how to pace himself and everything. So it's a tough fight, tough fight for Duran. It's going it's to be a tough fight for Phil. So that's actually it's a good matchup. You know, nice job by Mick and uh, and uh, Sean in putting that one together because that's actually a good matchup. Yeah, I remember his fight with Kyle Dawkins, Phil Hawes. I remember they were just kind of leaning against the fence, a little bit of a lot of clinching, not a lot of work. Yeah, going you remember Dawkins hurt him in the first round. Yes, yes, he did. Yep. So um, we're gonna see, man. I mean, it's gonna come down to who can wrestle better. I know Duran can wrestle better, but can he hold him down? That's the other question. You know, and if you got to keep taking people down, man, you get tired. All right, what do you got next? And next question comes from Eli Baltodano, who asks, how would McGregor fare with the top 45ers today, Volkanovski, Ortega, Holloway, and Yair? 
it's a mute point. Like, why are we even talking about it? He's not going to ever make 45 again. He can't fucking make it. You know, he's older. He doesn't want to. He's a fucking millionaire. Why the fuck would he put himself through that torture? Get out of here. Like, you've seen from his last couple of performances, doesn't even look like he wants to train anymore, let alone make weight at 145. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, John. You tell me, buddy. How would he fare? He would fare just fine. He's look, no, This is what people need to figure out. You may love Connor. You may hate Connor. But Connor is a phenomenal athlete, and he's a good fighter. Now, is he unbeatable? No. But, we, you know, for the most part, there's nobody out there that's unbeatable. There's only been one guy that's really done it. And uh, he's a, he's a remarkable athlete, but he's not going to be able to get to 145. He's way too big. But, you know, he'd been in there with Max Holloway. You saw what happened in that. That was both early, you know, early in their careers. But, you know, that was a good fight. It went the distance. Uh, but he was able to get the best of Max in that fight. Uh, Volkanovski would be somebody, because of wrestling, Volkanovski likes to use utilize his wrestling. He's got a good chin. He's got power. If he could put Connor on his back, he'd have a chance of beating Connor by using good ground and pound and good positioning. So I could see Volkanovski giving him problems, but you know Connor could beat Volkanovski. The guy that I would be worried with, uh, really with him, you know, Max now would be a different fighter, and I think he would do great. And I think Brian Ortega would be a problem for Connor. A real problem. Brian Ortega has got. Very good stand-up. He's very clean in it, and he's got an incredible submission game, and he will jump into all kinds of things and, and just put you into trouble right away. You know, uh, he would. He, I think he would be a hard fight for Connor. Yeah, I think Brian Ortega is probably the most. I know he's. I know he's earned all the the accolades and everything from his fighting abilities, but I still think he he's is underrated. because people don't believe in I think, him. I, yeah, they don't believe. I'm like, what? What was there not to believe him? He's got a fucking granite of a chin. Remember, it was his eyes swelled up that that made him stop the fight. It wasn't him. He would have kept yep. going. He's a dog, and he's got a chin on him. And if he, if I was to say he was going to fight Connor, I think he beats Connor. You know, because if the fight was ever to go to the ground, he'd be all over Connor McGregor. Max would have to stand with Connor. I, I maybe he could take him down, but it'd be a lot of work. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I would say that it would. I'd probably give the full advantage to to uh, Brian Ortega over, over Connor. And then I'd probably say Max next. And then I'd probably say Volk yeah. last, you know, in those terms. But, and I feel like Volk doesn't get the respect either. And a lot of that disrespect comes from me. And I don't know why he's fucking well, he is good. good. <laughs> like he's not, it's, I'm not disrespecting here's him. I just, yeah, when I, when I look at Volkanovsky, I say, if he was fighting Connor, if it was on the feet, Volkanovsky's going to get beat. He's just, yeah. he's just as far as length and, the way that Connor counter-strikes, he's going to have a real hard time in that fight on the feet. But if he takes him down and he utilizes the wrestling that he's good at, you know, he can create a lot of problems for him. So it just depends on where the fight went. Is he a good enough wrestler to keep getting him down? I don't him? know. You know. To keep getting him down is the question. Yeah. Uh, all right, what else? Next question. From How many more we Ian. got? Four more? Four more? Yep. Okay. From Ian Raffle asks... For John, what was your very last match you refed, and how did you feel about it? Tell us about the fight. <laughs> Fucking Josh Thompson headbutt. He loved it. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely no. it was the greatest moment of my career to watch. No. Uh, the last fight I did as far as uh, MMA was Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Edson Barbosa. It was uh, December 30th, 2017. How was that for a memory? Not bad. 
Was that a main event? Uh, that was not the main event. That was the co-main event. Uh, yeah. But who was the main on that? That's a good question. Since I didn't do it, I don't really remember. Mm. Who was that? I'm trying to find the card. The find the card. Was Cyborg and Holly oh, Holm. Okay. All Cyborg Holly Holm. So, um, you know, that was a fight where I will tell you this. It, that's the one that that told me. You know, and I that was I had refereed. Could be many times, but that was the one that I said, there's no one that's going to stop this guy. He was that dominant against a guy in Edson as far as Edson's ability in the stand-up. He's fast. He's accurate. Man, he's technically just incredibly good. And uh, Mm -hmm. Khabib showed him zero respect. He was walking him down talking to him the entire time you talk about a guy that would talk during a fight he was hysterical to listen to because he would sit there he says stop stop running you know you know i'm going to catch you stop i'm going to say we need to we need to fight for this fight and he would just keep he would just keep going and and, uh when you get him on the ground i'm going to please just tap i'm going to smash you (laughs) and and then he would talk to people in the crowd and uh but if you watch that fight, the one thing that I really got out of that fight was Edson Barbosa because he was just demolished in the first two rounds. And, uh, I mean, you could, you could say that there were 10, eight rounds and he had no answers. And when you go, when you go back to your corner and your corner doesn't have any answers for you and you have no answers and you know, I got to go out there again. He went out there, he gave everything he had, no quit, it told me everything I needed to know about Edson Barbosa as far as, man, he's got heart. He's one of those guys where, you know, there's always that time you look and say, man, you can get out of this. You can, you can just, you, you gave it everything you have. You can get out. And he's the guy that goes, uh-uh, yeah. not going to do it, man. can't do it. And so. You're just not mentally that I'd, way. Not, he's not built no, that way. No, and I had nothing but respect for him. That's why I love the guy yeah. as far as watching him now, and I'm, I th- I'm so happy he's doing great at the 145s. Uh, but Khabib is just a different beast when he was inside the cage. Different different guy. Mm-hmm. What else? Next one from Shamil asks, best feel-good moment inside the octagon for BGM and Josh? What was your best feel-good moment in the cage? Oh, hell, I don't have any feel-good moments. I didn't win anything. Everyone else was winning. <laughs> well, it's, it must be nice to watch oh, other people. Dude, well, that's you know? the problem is there's so many feel-good moments, mm. but it's also feel-bad moments because I feel really mm. good for one person and I feel I feel just absolutely crushed for the other. You know, there's I'm not going to tell you. There's many times I feel really good for this person and I'm really glad this person lost. <laughs> okay, let's just be honest. You know, that's... Fucking Patricky Yeah, Thompson. absolutely, man. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of, right? But no, seriously. There's, no, there's ones that you go, you know, this person's acting like an ass and stuff. And when they get, you know, they get their shit handed to them, you go, yeah, you deserved it. You know, but yeah. there's ones, you know, Holly Holm and Misha Tate. I mean, I was so happy for Misha. And, you know, you could see just the unbelievable feeling of I did it. You know, no one believed in me uh, when she beat Holly, but I felt crushed for Holly because Holly had won that fight, basically. You know, she was going into the last round, and she was, you know, she was coming off of, you know, beating Ronda and had everything going her way, and she just, she got caught 
you know, she made a mistake. She let her get her back and got caught and got put to sleep. But she went, you know, and again, went out like a warrior, you know, never tapped. You know, she did, you know, she was actually punching at the end. As, she was still throwing as punches exactly when she went asleep. to sleep, you know, and it's like, man, I, I felt so bad for her, but I felt really good for Misha, you know, so it's, it's that, you know, both sides. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, especially not on a public forum. I think John and you and I have talked about it a little bit, but, um, probably the biggest feel good moment for me, which no one really knows about like Scott Coker knows and Bob Cook knows, you know, Javier Mendez knows, but my dad passed away 10 days before I fought Dwayne Ludwig. And so it was like one of those things that went up to handle all the funeral service stuff. And then, um, to come back down, I was doing my camp. I did like, you know, five, eight days of camp up there came back down. I had a week back at AKA. It was like 10 days. And then I, I basically went back down and went to Fresno and fought Dwayne Le- Lovewood there. For me, it was a sense of stress relief to get the win, you know? And, uh, that was probably my biggest, my biggest feel good moment. People were like, Oh, what about your world title? I feel like Mike Tyson, man, the belt just sits in my fucking cabinet collecting dust. It's, it's junk. As much as I, I, I can say it, the words mean more to me than the actual belt. You know, when everyone talks about, I talk about the Nate Diaz fight a lot. Is because that's the one that most people talk to me about, you know, that doesn't mean shit to me. You know, I just, I, I really look at the the little things, the, the, the other feel good. I'd say number two would be, <clears throat> would be the Hermes Franca fight is I always wanted to know if I was a fighter, you know, and I was winning the fight. And when I was, a, when I was winning, I, I always knew, okay, when you're winning, sure. Everything's going your way. But in that fight, I got dropped in the third round. And I wanted to know if I was someone that would take my punishment, like you were just talking about with that's in Barbosa. Like, sure, everyone's great when it's going their way, but when it stops going your way, do you just turn over and into the fetal position and tap and give up? You know, and I, I, I figured it out in that fight that I wasn't that guy. And you guys can see it even at 38 years old when I fought Tony Ferguson. That never crossed my mind was to give up. You know, I got my fucking ass beat in that fight. You know what I mean? And so those to me are, I know they don't seem like feel good moments, but for me, Edson Barboza, like you were saying, he probably went away going, yeah, but I'm not a fucking quitter. And I got to tell you, it it means a lot. I think for people that are true athletes and true fighters, we're not fucking quitters, man. Like it never crossed my mind. If you guys go back and watch the Tony fight, I was trying to jump to his back, all bloody and sweaty. Couldn't see shit because blood was in my eyes. It was like red fog all the way around. But I was trying to jump to his back. We got into a scramble against the fence. I thought I had it. I'd slipped off. Didn't get it. But there was never a moment I was like, okay, fucking give up. Never. So those are moments in my career that I look as feel-good moments. Those are things that kind of push me now. Like when I'm doing commentary, when I'm doing this podcast, and it's getting late and tired, I'm like, psh, this fucking shit's easy. <laughs> you know, like compared to that shit. So those are, I would say those are some of my feel good moments, you know? Next what else? Question. <clears throat> Next question from uh, GeoTurtle7 and asks, for Big John, what's your opinion about the quality of UFC referees nowadays? First off, <laughs> Be very first off there are no UFC referees. Yeah, that, that, that's something <laughs> that people use all the time and it's like there are, there are referees that work UFC events. If you're gonna say a UFC referee, there was there's been a couple. I was one of them, Mario Yamasaki, because we worked for the company. Uh, even before there was Zufa, Mario was. Uh, we didn't have athletic commissions and stuff. So when you say UFC referees, I will tell you this: the guys that are working the UFCs now, as far as the mainstays, 
uh, overall, they're, they're outstanding. They do an outstanding job. It's not an easy job. Everyone thinks it's so easy. Go in there and try to do it, and you're going to see exactly how difficult it can be. Now, does that mean that they're perfect? No, there's, there's guys that are going to make mistakes. I talk to all of them all the time. Uh, I, I try to help them out as much as I can, and one of the things you know I talk to them about when it comes, if you make the mistake, hey, figure out what the mistake was. Let's talk about it. How are you going to fix it? And move on. But don't sit there and say, oh, I didn't make a mistake or try to cover it up by making an excuse. You do that, it's, it's the same as the fighter trying to make excuses on why they lost the fight. It's bullshit. It, only, it doesn't make you any better. and It only, only actually puts you in a deficit. So, um, you know, all the top guys, the Herb Deans, the Mike Beltrans, the Mark Goddards, the Jason Herzogs, you know, they're, they're all outstanding. They really do a good job. Now, do I think that there's ones that are a little bit better than the others? Yeah, there's ones that are better right now than, than the other ones because they do just the little things better, and they make better choices. But, you know, same as the whole thing, you know, that Josh and I are always joking about with his fight against Patricky is, you know, it doesn't matter. There's times it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to miss something. Something can happen in there. You can be in the right position. And you will still miss it because it happens on the opposite side of where you decided to be, where you could have been luckier and been on the other side, but there's reasons to be where you're at. But, you know, you always try to take those moments and say, could I have been better? Yeah, I could have been better. You know, so they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, though, John, um, to touch on the on the Patricky fight is just to be honest, you were you were the one that came up to me and said, hey, I'm sorry, I missed the headbutt right in the cage. You said it was a headbutt, you know, and it was like you just said, but a second ago was refs need to like make sure that they own up to whatever it is and not cover it up. And the same thing goes for fighters. Oh, you did this. No, you didn't. You fucking lost. Okay. And that's really what it comes down to. And then even when we went into the court, when I went into the appeal process kind of thing, you know, even you, you said like, yeah, I just, I missed the headbutt. It was a headbutt that dropped him. The the commission, the, they weren't trying to hear any of that shit. Cause that's not what they do. <laughs> they just sit up there, collect their fucking uh, check, like a bunch of fucking pansies anyways. And so, yeah, they, I knew going into like that, that situation. And you know, you told me also this 99.99% chance they weren't going to overturn it. And I said, no, but I still want it just to be on record. That's it. It is what it is. I knew it, but I still took my time, spent my money, went down there and to to fight that thing. So, yeah, no, but you you were very you came up to me right in the cage right after and said, "Man, yeah, I missed it, man. It was a headbutt. My apologies." And hey, it is what it is. Moving on. You know. Next one. Last <clears throat> Whoa, what happened to my voice? Huh? Last one um <laughs> is a good one to it's end embarrassing. on. It's so embarrassing. Doesn't Whoa. say shit and all of a sudden now I can't even speak. Come on. <laughs> and 99% of the people can't hear you or they can't make out your accent. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> Last one from G Coffee two two three to end on a good note. Is it hard being the best MMA podcast? That would be my question. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, Tell me, brother, is it hard? It's it. Fuck no, it's not hard, man. Our fans are freaking amazing. Have you not like our comment section is blown up with like nothing but positive vibes? Sure, we get the couple of the stranglers that are in there, little. Those people, we understand. You guys are newbies. You probably you'll finally fall into suit into the the positivity that we per, we provide on this channel. You guys will start falling in, and like our crowd and our and our fans will start taking over. 
And uh, they're going to start educating you guys on how we try to respect everyone. Sure, we are very upfront and we are very honest about situations. And and I'm going to, that's for both of us. But I will say for myself, I'm a very much a homer. So if you guys listen to us, I will always stand by my, I will always stick up for my friends. And I will say that they're going to win even when I know they're not going to win. I will still say they're going to win. So if you guys don't understand that, then it's okay. But I'm letting you know up front, that's the type of person I am, okay? You know what you're getting. When we talk about Islam or we talk about other people, you know, like that we know, you know, when DC was fighting, it was, I, I had nothing nice to say about Stipe. Sorry, man. DC's my boy, you know, and that's the way I'm going to be. Like with Islam, I'm sure Tiago Moises is a great guy, but he's not on Islam's level. I'm going to, that's what you're going to get from me every single time, guys. So I'm just being upfront. But is it hard? No, it's not hard at all because our fans are absolutely amazing. You guys are great. You guys are buying up shirts. You guys are hitting the subscribe button on our Clips channel as well as our regular channel. We've we've been growing, man. We're happy and we're pumped. And uh, there's some big news potentially coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I'm pumped to announce it. So I'm hoping we get this thing all done, man. And we're amped. But there is one thing I did want to say, here. though. John, you and everybody, you answer the question. I'll finish. I'll wrap, I'll wrap up the show with it. Uh, is it hard being the best podcast? I don't know because I don't know what is the best cut podcast. There's a lot of great podcasts out there. Now, there is. I like to have fun and I joke about everyone, but I think there's some great, uh, great guys out there. There's great people putting out, you know, all the stuff. You know, if I'm going to go to anyone, I get, I give it to the Godfather of podcasting. Joe Rogan is the reason that everybody mm-hmm. and all of these podcasts are really out here doing it because. He's the one that led the way, showed people, helped people, got them started, did a lot of that. So uh, I just have fun doing what I'm doing. I enjoy talking uh, with with my partner Josh. I have a great time. You know, we 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 battle all the time, but it's not. You know, I know you people think that you know he wants to kill me. He probably does, but uh, I do I do want to kill him. Now it's I I love it because we do this when we're in person. And we're you know, we're sitting yeah. next to each other. We do the same thing, and all we do is talk about fights and future fights and what could be and all these things. It's it's fun, and so the fact that I get to sit here and talk to you and you guys like it, that's the best. John, you can thank me. There later. you go. And you guys are welcome you're the one that started this one, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, it, you know what though? Like I was I I was working with Dave and you and I were working together and was just like, you know what? We we're sitting around too much talking about stuff. Let's make some money trying to do it. So, Hey, we're, we're on our way. We're figuring it out. Somehow. We're getting there. We're figuring it out. Also go to prowrestlingtees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code and still pick up one of our shirts. There's lots of them to choose from. we got some new Beautiful. artwork coming out here shortly. Hopefully it gets done in the next week or two. It's been when that's the St. Patty's one. Like that was a limited edition. Pick that one. You can't pick that one up anymore. It's limited edition. So uh, I think podcast Dave is wearing it also, but we called each other. Hey, what are you wearing, Dave? He goes, I'm going to wear the same same patties. That's what I'm going to wear. Since we're the only ones that ever wrap the (laughs) t-shirts. Oh, wow. Wow. He's Um, trying to get a look at my. Yeah. Um, Okay. So on On... next Wednesday, next Wednesday, big John and I will be on food truck diaries. Brendan Schaub, stick boy um, show. Food Truck Diaries, we're going to be on that show uh, talking all sorts of stuff, whether it's, uh, you know, UFC events coming up or the Bellator event coming up that weekend, whatever, but we're going to be on there. So make sure you guys tune in. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. But both of us will be on there together, um, you know, 
talking, dropping some knowledge, man, with uh, Mr. Thick Boy himself, Brennan Schaub. Thicky so, boy. Hopefully get that all going. Yep. Thicky, thicky boy. boy. <laughs> like thicky boy. Um, all right. I think that's pr- pretty much everything. What do you think there, Dave? Looks good. Looking good. All right. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button down below on our on our channel. Also hit the link below that goes to our, our uh, Wayne and Clips channel, Wayne and Shorts channel. Go there. Hit that subscribe button as well. We're going to be doing a show right now after this uh, directly for that channel. It's a little fun thing that we're doing. It's about 15 minutes long. Won't be any longer than that ever because it's going to be on our clip channel. It'll be a special show that we use for that clips channel specifically. Just fun, hot, hot topics we'll be ripping on. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it, man. So hopefully you guys hit that subscribe button on the clips channel. John, what else you got, Everyone, you got to check out the clips channel. And later on, we'll come up with even more great info for you guys so we will see ya